Welcome to Room for Growth. A Willow Tree podcast about growth marketing hosted by Billy Lowen and me, Billy Fisher. Whether you're an industry expert or just getting started, there's plenty of room to grow. Share this episode with your favorite coworker, follow us wherever you enjoy podcasts, and reach out if you'd like to join the show. You ready, Billy? I'm ready, Billy. Let's go. Let's f***ing grow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Room for Growth. Billy Fisher here and excited to uh, have you again for another episode. So, Billy, we're talking about holiday today. And, you know, last time we were joking about the pumpkin spice lattes are in the air. Everybody's wanting soup. But in marketing world, all of our clients are thinking about Christmas and the upcoming holiday that, you know, we got to start. This has been kind of in the mix since the summer. So we're almost a little bit behind as we talk about this. But big passion topic for you. I know that this is something that gets you up up out of bed and excited, right? It's true. This is my favorite time of year. So almost all marketers, this is our Olympic season. The holidays are the Olympic Games of marketing. There's everything from paid media to channel. Everything turns the noise up to a 20 Yeah. For most companies, if you haven't started planning holiday, they have. Like That's laughable to even say if you haven't started planning holiday. Most companies start planning holiday in July. So Christmas in July. I mean, but don't sleep on like Diwali. Don't sleep on some of the non-traditional holidays. It's not just Christmas. It's the entire season of Christmas, of course. But generally, we think of holiday as everything starting in mid-November with marketing towards the Thanksgiving holiday. And then, of course, culminating at Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, Small Business Saturday, and then moving through to New Year's when especially channel messaging tends to just have its like lowest dead season and performance trends change tremendously. Yeah. Now, as you're talking about these various kind of milestones, some holidays, some like Black Friday, Cyber Monday... Gartner just came out with some research that I thought was really interesting. You know, like the key, the buzzword or the keyword of the season is inflation. And so there's definitely a lot of things happening in the market that are impacting customer sentiment and anxiety. But they were also referencing the past couple of years, we've dealt with this supply chain issue that has also created angst amongst consumers. And so they were basically the key takeaway from their report is that brands need to take an always on approach to holiday shopping. And like, there's some key facts I'll just like throw at you here. And I'm curious about your reaction. 32% of customers plan to shop before November for Christmas season, for the holiday season. 21% said they would be shopping in October. And that's way up from their past seasons. And it says, while consumers have increased their discretionary spending in the past few years, inflationary pressure is impacting their spending plans for this holiday season. The hesitancy around budgets coupled with new timing for consumers regarding their holiday shopping, will challenge marketers to have an always-on approach that will stress the need for an omni-channel adoption. So anyways, I, this kind of, and there's some more that I'll mention here, but I'm just, I'll lob that ball over to you. You know, it almost feels like it's happening earlier than ever because of just the way consumers are thinking right now. Yeah, I think that's always true, though. I kind of smile at the term always-on <laughs> because what that really means is automated. <laughs> always-on in my mind means that you are intentional about how you connect with your customers so that you can activate with them on many channels. And then you can treat their interactions with your brand as conversational, meaning they take an action or they do a thing. Can you actually respond to that action? So I actually always, when I hear always on, some people think like flood them with noise and billboards and be everywhere in their face and add advertising here and there. 
I actually like to think about Always On when it's done well as the scene in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation that is mildly inappropriate. So please don't yes. take the inappropriate joke forward. No, but when on, bring it. he walks into the department store to buy a gift for his wife <laughs> and walks up to the counter and his intention is actually just to flirt with the very beautiful consultant who's helping him pick a gift for someone imaginary in his family. But I think of it as that, is really how can we be more like the miracle on 34th Street Santa Claus where we are helping customers understand, we're understanding what they need, and we're being helpful to them as a brand to get them to their destination faster and more pointedly and at the best cost for them and clearly. So that is probably true. People are probably shopping. I have three things that I think are going to dominate trends this year in terms of the holidays. Okay. So I think the first one is going to be around nostalgia. I think the second is going to be around the recession. And I think the third is going to be around people's tiredness for corporate noise, which they're Mm -hmm. hearing a lot of right now. So when I say nostalgia, I think like it or not, people have a lot of nostalgia for the pandemic. As now that we are out of the pandemic and people are out in the world much more, not to say the pandemic's over, I'm not trying to minimize the fact that COVID is still a very real health threat to our country and to vulnerable populations. But generally, people have to go exist in the world now. They're going back to the office, they're going to work, and they are tired about it. I think people have a lot of nostalgia for what it meant to slow down a little bit, to be indoors together, to be in your pajamas on the couch, to be connecting with the people who are sitting right to your left and to your right. And I think we're going to see that come into how they gift in terms of hosting gifts being really popular and comfy gifts and comfy clothes and jammies and things like that. Maybe nostalgic Christmas tradition type gifts being big and kind of this notion of staying home. Second, I think the recession is going to be huge. I think some people are going to combine recession in pandemic nostalgia and they're going to stay home because flights are really pricey right now. But in terms of the recession, I think people are going to be really reluctant to spend a ton of money on things like shipping. I think they will want to give gifts, but maybe they'll be smaller, things they can carry with them or things they can ship at no cost. And they'll be thoughtful about what those gifts are. Or they might be silly. I think there's some big like can we say get energy in the world right now? We go for it. <laughs> Excellent. I think there's some like big get energy in the world where people might purchase things that are funny or unique or different. But I think thoughts around the recession, how to make it meaningful, how to create an experience from what they purchase will be important. And then third, I think people are just exhausted by corporate noise right now. I think they are tired of brands that said stick by us during the pandemic. And then now they've gone and had experiences with those brands that don't feel as kind in return. So REI just announced that they're basically saying goodbye to Black Friday. They're not going to have anyone in their call centers working. They're not opening their stores again. They're going to do like opt-out side again, but they're going to double down on that. Yeah, I think we'll see more brands thriving when they're really authentic to their core, when they stand out from the noise, when they are truer to themselves, when they maybe emphasize gifts that give back or have a kicker to charity or are sustainable. Like, I think people are going to really look for brands who they identify with in their values. Yeah. So how do you think some of this plays out, particularly that last one? It feels like it puts a lot of pressure on marketers when it comes to how's this play out in channel messaging. So almost as you're talking about, particularly the the last one, it makes me think, wow, we got to be careful in terms of the messages that we're sending, promoting our products. And it's got to be a really thoughtful strategy. Is that like, how do you think this, some of those trends play out in the messaging space? 
That's a really interesting question. I'm going to be curious to watch REI's messaging strategy this year. I want to know if even though they're opting outside, how many emails are they going to send that remind people to do that? How many are they going to send on Black Friday that remind people to do that and have that authentic, different counterculture message at their core? But are they going to follow trends around the fact that during the holidays, most marketers are sending four to five times the number of messages that they send at any other time during the year. So I'll be interested. My hunch would be that if I were advising clients right now, I would tell them, simplify your messaging. So rather than have long messages with banners and sale this and free that, simplify them. Tone them back a little bit. Have one headline image, one call to action promote sustainability or promote how your gift, the purchase of it will feel good. Making a purchase with your brand will give a feeling that they've made a difference in the world or a difference in their loved one over like big multi-module emails I think are going to overperform. I still think volume and numbers, I could never say like, oh, just send less. I don't think that's right. right. But send with a lot of intention about your audience. So if you can get smarter about not sending a message to somebody who opened your last one, pull people out of your send list. If you can get smarter about respecting channels that are what people want to receive messaging on, don't batch and blast to everyone on everything on every channel. Like yeah. be intentional, be smart and stand out. Yeah. And some of the like people being kind of sick of the corporate messaging space makes me think also just about pure like content writing. There's a couple brands that I've engaged with over the years, like Moose Jaw, an, an REI competitor is one of those brands that like, sure, they're just selling outdoor goods, but their content is always creative and funny. And so at minimum, I'm getting the sales email, but it, it gives me a chuckle along the way. And that's obviously, that's their strategy is like, let's just make people laugh with the most ridiculous product copy that's ever been written and borderline offensive at times. And they just take that risk. So I think brands, as they're not just thinking about frequency and personalization, but like the tone of the messages you're putting out there, I I think it puts, maybe not pressure is the right word, but it just needs to be really thoughtful. How do you think nostalgia is going to play out? Like I, that felt like almost like you were like starting to write the Billy Lowen gifting guide for 2022 holiday season. Like how's this, how's this play out? I love a gifting (laughs) guide. Oh my gosh. I got my first Amazon children's catalog last week in the mail. Oh my gosh, I love the Amazon Children's catalog. I think it harkens back to the days of like the JCPenney or the Sears oh, the catalog, catalog that you'd get in the mail. Now, I think Amazon, this, I think this is at least their fourth year doing it. It's the fourth year I remember. I should have looked up how long Amazon has been sending this children's gift guide. It's so smart. It's got little like fun games and stickers and masks in it. I look forward to it. I think they usually send two or three, depending on who you are in their demographic. I'm a big Amazon buyer, so it makes sense that they'd send me a couple. Oh my gosh, what a smart... I think for them, such a smart tactic. That is nostalgia marketing right there where you can sit down together with your family. You can look through this printed catalog and then go online to buy with such simplicity. But I think it's other things. I think there's two components of nostalgia here. One is holiday nostalgia. So what were the traditions that you had as a kid that you want to bring now because they just bring you this comfort, whether that's a particular type of baked good or cookie or a type of gift that you might give, a game you might play, a movie you might watch with your family or your friends. I think it's going to be all about like bringing experiences to your people. And then third, I think people just want to be comfy. So to that point around COVID nostalgia, 
they may be out partying and doing like glitz and glam things. There's a lot of trends to say right now that like search volume for things like silky black dresses or sequin dresses is like way up this year that people are having fun going out and being really glam. But I think likewise, people are really into just getting like high-end pajamas, high-end slippers and staying home and really fashioning that way as well. Okay. I'm seeing the, the gifting guide come together. You know, what was missing there was like soups and cozy, cozy food. But uh, so that's where I can come in. No, I think so. I think brands this year should be really careful about how they market hosting gifts. So for instance, like a soup kit being a great gift to bring a host of a party, where it's just like this really gracious connection piece. It's something that you you can give to somebody who's hosting that experience together. I think that's going to be a big trend this year. I think for people who aren't used to like giving a gift to the people hosting, that's going to be a little more top of mind this year. Wine, of course, I think like good spirits. I think it's going to be a year where a good spirit is great, right? It feels like a really personalized gift. It's nice. It's luxurious. It can create an experience behind like the enjoyment of it. I think gifts like that, that have that combination of personalized as well as like experience connected and then like luxury, but simple, I think are going to hit really, really big this year. Yeah, that's cool. And again, I keep coming back to like content, like all of these different products, whether you're a fashion retailer or you make uh, pots and pans and you're selling those to people like the content of how people engage with your product i think uh, there's certainly a lot of brands that do this really well but a lot that simply just like send marketing messages and and skip this like how are you going to engage with this product and i think leveraging a trend like nostalgia is opens up an opportunity for all sorts of great content Yeah, I think that's true with the idea of reducing noise too. One way to cut through noise is to be hyper authentic to your brand. So as a brand, returning to your core values, returning to why your product exists, what problems it's supposed to be solving, what value it provides uniquely. I think that messaging is going to resonate this year more than it has in the past. Yeah. And so what we didn't talk about, I think your second one was the recession. Is that right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So how do you think that starts to impact kind of a a go-to-market strategy for somebody running a lifecycle campaign and for the holiday? Yeah. So a couple of thoughts here, though I'm sure there are others. One, I think smaller gifts, generally things you can carry on in a suitcase or you can ship at a lower cost could be big or things that can be shipped for free. Two, I think people tend to go for more durable and meaningful gifts. So something that maybe isn't as high in cost or isn't many, many gifts to have this idea of volume, but it's a smaller, more durable, more personalized, more experiential thing that they can give. And it's one thing that feels like it carries the weight of more could be another. And then third, I think when people are concerned about cost, they tend to do more things themselves. So we actually might see more expansive like gift wrapping this year, more beautiful focus Hmm. on the presentation of the actual gift itself to compensate for some of the cost. Or for the fact that people want to give things a personalized touch, and that's a relatively like inexpensive way to do it. Okay. So some creativity, I think, could be huge this year. Some novelty, perhaps, could also be fun because again, there's some of that like, forget about it. You only live once. Energy in the air. So that'll be really interesting to see how that plays into yeah. marketing. Well, you you matched up. I'm looking at this Gartner study, and they kind of have some takeaways. And one of those is similar. To something you said highlight not just price and value, but also free or discounted shipping. So as people are more price conscious, they might have this item, but oh, okay, I, I don't have to pay to have it shipped, which feels almost like wasted money at this point. And so, so yeah, you're, you're matching on there. 
But yeah, this is a exciting season. You know, when do you think uh, most of our brands and marketers start planning for holiday? I mentioned we're behind. This is typically a summer activity, correct? Yeah, I think from a marketing perspective, I can't speak to like suppliers. I think they start thinking about holiday even earlier for sure, where they're sourcing what the gifts are going to be for that year, or what their stock's going to look like. But for most marketers, right around holidays, some even earlier, depending on how important that season is. When I worked in nonprofit, we started holiday in June because it's when you make 80% of your revenue to the organization. So depending on what your revenues projection looks like and how reliant you are on holiday sales, I think you start even earlier but generally in July. So really what we might be able to influence with most marketers right now is things like, what should your send frequency be? What should you try testing? I think a lot of people get their testing around the holiday season wrong or they really miss some great opportunities because as you know, like the performance during the holiday season is nothing like the performance for the rest of the year. So you can't make general sweeping remarks about insights from holiday. Holiday has to just stay holiday for the most part. But there are interesting tests that you can set up where you're really leveraging the volume that you see during the holidays, or you can leverage just the sheer number of messages that you're sending to test some different things or to learn some things about your audience. You might be able to add a question to your checkout form that helps you capture some more data or the fact that people are a little more willing to put in like a credit card number or a new credit card update their information. They might be adding different shipping addresses than they normally use. There's a few great things that you can be doing to either test different messages, test time of day, capture and clean up data, and just make sure that you are set to benefit um, Mm -hmm. from some of the structural advantages of having good data hygiene during the holiday season. Love it. Awesome, Billy. Well, love the three tips for our holiday marketers out there. Personally, I'm not like whether we're behind or, or not, I'm still soaking up October. It's 75 degrees today in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm located. So I'm not really ready for this cozy talk just yet. But certainly in marketing world, I know it's a big focus. So good chat. And yeah, we'll see what plays out in the holiday season this year. I spend most of November and December glued to my email inbox and opening push notifications like crazy because it's just favorite time of year when that's your because real hobby and passion. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Billy, though, you know, I'm thinking about Christmas. You mentioned National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one of my family, fam, like just favorite traditions to watch every year. What's like one thing when you think about the holiday season that you just like get pumped up about before we close? Okay. Well, on Christmas Eve, I like to go look at Christmas lights. So go drive around okay. and look at Christmas lights. And then I watch It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. It's a wonderful, I love Christmas, Christmas movies. They Holiday movies generally are like some of my favorite, but It's a Wonderful Life is the best. It's the most important one. I save it for last. Awesome. I guess I have a couple as well, but there's one Christmas Eve is also a favorite tradition of mine. It's like super simple in the midst of like the crazy holiday season. There's always like endless family, like large family gatherings, which are fun, but also exhausting. My family, we go out to eat for breakfast on Christmas Eve morning to the same exact diner every single year. And it's just like become our thing. It's like super chill and quiet. Usually there's a little cozy. So we go out to breakfast to a diner and then we go buy our dogs Christmas gifts. So don't tell our dogs that it's not Santa that's bringing their gifts. It's us. But we go from a diner to a pet store. and It's always like a good way to to kick off the next couple of days. So I'm looking forward to that. But until then, uh, thanks for listening to Room for Growth. We'll talk to you soon. 